0: hey everybody it's me Stu helm the food fan here at food fan headquarters with another episode of the food fan show for you and the food fan show is a podcast that i do for substack please sign up for my substack newsletter and it is it is also turned into a radio show to be broadcast here locally in Asheville on wpvm 103.7 fm the progressive voice of the mountains Everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters. And I have what I consider to be a very special guest, emphasis on the word very. I have Sarah Malson, AKA the Wax Lorette. Now, if you're from Asheville, you know this term, Wax Lorette. If you've never heard it before, you're thinking to yourself, what the hell does that mean? And well, we've got her here herself. So let's have her explain that and who she is. And Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Stu. Thank you.
0: Well, I'm so glad you could make it. Um, first of all, got to define this term. What the heck does waxlorette mean?
1: Okay, so um, by night, I am a NICU nurse at Mission Hospital, and last summer, I found myself dating at age 44, and I wrote a piece on wax, West Asheville Exchange, famous Facebook group here in town, and somebody dubbed me the Wax Lorette because I was uh, looking to find somebody uh, that was quality material here in Asheville. And I eventually found the love of my life in August of last year. So I'm no longer dating, but I still go by the name Waxlorette and I have kind of developed an accidental writing career.
0: Indeed. That is all so awesome. I love everything about that. Wax West Asheville exchange, you said is famous or notorious. I forget the word you used. But yeah, like famous. notorious, <laughs> let me say notorious then. uh Facebook group where anything can happen. You make the most innocuous post and people will just tear you a new one. You get on there, you say something nice, everybody gives you the thumbs up. And if I remember correctly, you had a missed connection that it all started with on wax. And you were like, a guy helped me at the gas station. He was super nice. Can you all find him? And wax found him.
1: They found him. And so he worked at All About Plumbing. I still don't even know the guy's name, but he's happily married with three kids. There was no oh. flirting. There was no flirting going on. He was just being kind. I thought I was going to get beat up looking for gas during the gas crisis. And I was very anxious. I thought I was going to have to get in a fight to get some gas. And he was he was kind to me when this world is not kind anymore. And so I wanted to find him and thank him. And Wax found him. And so they spread the message to him. But um, I've never met him in person again. And I have never, like known anything about him. But I do want to thank you, Gas station Guy, because this helped me big time to help our community.
0: That's great. That's such a great story. And then So first it was the misconnection, then it was uh, help me find uh, somebody, like a bachelorette type of a thing, and then you found the love of your life, and now you are a well-known person in this town, and I just want to congratulate you for successfully navigating the waters of wax.
1: Thank you. such a difficult thing. I'm still um, dumbfounded that any of my posts were received with any kind of love because you never never know you could write that the sky is blue and somebody's going to argue with you
0: oh my god they're gonna call your names
1: (laughs) call you names right and so um so they have actually um shown me so much love and support and so i uh diverted my attention after finding the love of my life i didn't have to date anymore so i was going to start helping people in the community so i would write about businesses and organizations for free, uh, to just draw attention to their cause or their restaurant or their store. And um, that gave me a lot of pleasure um, trying to draw attention for people who may not have had uh, the attention that other well-known businesses might have. And so I was able to write. My first piece was on Bohemian Baby, which is a clothing store in the Grove Arcade. And the owner, Joy Brown, is one of the kindest humans I've ever met. And so I loved being able to spotlight her store.
0: Well, I know exactly what you mean. I focus strictly on the food community, but it's exactly what I do. I write about these restaurants and bakers and food makers for free. And just because it gives me pleasure. I I love being a part of the community. I love being a prominent person in a small town like Asheville, which you are too now, like that just kind of accidentally happened to you almost. But now you're like a mover and shaker in this town. And I kind of want to cut to the chase because you do something incredible, in my opinion. Um, it's something called Unstoppable French Broad Brunch. Is that correct?
1: Unstoppable
0: French
1: well, Brunch, yes. So in March, I have found that most people have been hiding out in, behind computer screens. That's how I got my little new career. And um, I wanted to start meeting people face to face. And not only to make friendships, but to also help our community. And so I created a group called Unstoppable French Broad's Brunch in March. Uh, to date, we have 767 members. Every single month we try to meet at La Rumba, which is my favorite restaurant in town. And um, we have anywhere between 45 and 65 uh, women, sometimes up to 70 that meet. Um, This is a group for women, transgender women, non-binary and gender fluid individuals. Anyone pretty much not a dude. (laughs) Sorry, Stu.
0: That's okay.
1: But uh, plenty of
0: opportunities for dudes in this world.
1: Yes. So uh, our broads get together and um, we meet and we will support an organization ahead of time. We'll choose which organization that we're going to support. And we bring items or money donations to the brunch uh, to support each organization.
0: It's fantastic. Like anytime you can combine philanthropy with brunch, I think it's a win. it's a win right there. And La Rumba, you mentioned now I've talked about it more than once on this podcast because it's a new Latin food restaurant up there on Tunnel Road where the old Bonefish Grill used to be. I'm always telling Asheville, they got 200 parking spaces. Yeah, Asheville really loves and, and plenty of space. So a big group like yours, you're telling me maybe 70 people show up for brunch at La Rumba. And so plenty of parking for all those people. And I would imagine that the owner, uh, Re- Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo
1: that, Macario, yes. yeah,
0: that he uh, he's a big supporter of your group. I already know that from talking to him. But uh, seventy people showing up for brunch, he must be prepared ahead of time. You must let him.
1: Okay, so the the winner of this restaurant competition went down for the first brunch. I had to find a place in Asheville that would host sixty six women. Yep. and um he stepped up i checked his restaurant out and saw the parking situation and lit up of course parking is always a an issue yep. and accessibility some members of our group are in wheelchairs or have um prosthetic legs and so um i needed a place that would host but he allows us to have separate checks for this group That's So awesome. I know. And his prices are fantastic. The food is amazing. The customer service is seriously top notch. In this business, uh, he greets every single customer. And I saw that the first time I went by myself. And I said, Ray, what would you think about this? And he said, Absolutely, Sarita. He calls me Sarita. That's (laughs) great. um, It's cute. And so um, he said, Absolutely, no problem. I will close down the bar and have your side of the restaurant um, saved for your group. And he was like, make sure that we have enough servers to accommodate your group and get separate checks. And he has never failed me. Not once.
0: That's that's perfect. And you're such a good uh, patron by, um, you know, making sure that you found a place that can handle that and letting them know ahead of time. I hear all kinds of stories out there in the world from restaurant managers about like somebody contacted me this afternoon trying to get a hundred people in here tonight, and I'm like, that's insanity. What were they thinking? So you're you're wise to get it all mapped out and to work with Ray to make sure it all goes down smoothly because, yes. believe me, Ray, I, I could just imagine Ray loves it that he's got a guaranteed crowd like that. But if you yes. were to just spring it on him, he wouldn't love that so much. You know, he'd accommodate because that's the kind of guy he is, but he'd be stressed. So you're yeah. doing
1: it right. Yes. So everything has gone down well. We Our first brunch in May, Carolina Spark Magazine showed up. Now we're featured in that magazine for the fall edition. Nice. Um and they have agreed to take um, interviews from two broads in my group, each Jeez. edition, and focus on them. So I was able to turn the spotlight onto two other members of our community this last edition. So um, we supported Carrie Mueller and uh, Lauren Garvey, two women in the community. Carrie is a veteran, a 26-year veteran of the Army that works in mental health, and Lauren Garvey works in the substance abuse community and has been clean six years herself a former felon now helping the community stay clean and so anybody that I can think of that the world needs to know about or at least Asheville needs to know about I get to a point and they get interviewed and featured in the magazine.
0: That's fantastic and this is month they're going to feature your group monthly like every issue?
1: Uh, Every issue but they're Magazine has only had four issues so far. So they're doing it in January and July every year. And so I'm in the July edition this year, the fall edition 2022. And then in January, I have two more girls that are going to be um, spotlighted.
0: That's fantastic. And of course, uh, getting back to the food aspect, uh, Ray's got to love that too. (laughs) Like Having the group that meets at his restaurant featured in a magazine that comes out twice a year. Sounds pretty good to me.
1: Yes. If you haven't been to La Rumba, you have to go. The food is amazing. Like I said, the parking accessibility, amazing. Bathrooms are spotless and, um, the drinks are awesome. It just really, they have all day brunch and nine different mimosas. So it really, truly is nine different mimosas.
0: That sounds awesome. Yes. Um, So you you mentioned that um, one of the women that is going to be featured is a vet. And I read online that you're also a vet, that you served in the U.S. Navy. Is that correct?
1: Yes, I did. I um, did ROTC to um, get my bachelor's degree in nursing. Um, I moved away from home when I was 17 in Maryland and went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Marquette University. I did ROTC and I owed them four years. I ended up serving four years and nine months. I was in during 9-11 at Camp Lejeune with the Marines. Um, At the time, I served at Portsmouth Naval Hospital before that as a Navy Nurse Corps officer and then went to Camp Lejeune and that's when 9-11 hit. So I got out in February of 2003 after almost five years of service. And now I'll do anything to help a fellow vet, including Veterans Treatment Court. I briefly spent time on that last summer. And that's um, actually how I met my boyfriend, Daniel. Uh, He was a participant in the program. He's now a successful graduate. Um, I was mentoring another guy in that program. And the focus is to um, help veterans who have been arrested for drug crimes to go through a program to become um, substance-free and they eventually have all their charges dropped. And so um, it's a very good program, one that I support. Veterans Treatment Court is awesome. And we're actually going to be supporting Warrior Canine um, for our December brunch. And that is a program that trains service dogs and so, um, the veterans from veterans treatment court in the program use that program for community service hours. Okay. And these veterans get to go help these dogs, um, by training them, but it also helps the veterans because it's a form of therapy. And so I'm really excited. That's our December 11th brunch.
0: That's great. Yeah, I think you, you're what people would call a do-gooder.
1: Do-gooder. I, I do find joy in that, um without any kind of monetary gain. Uh, just want to know that people contact me constantly about causes that they wanna support, about problems that they're having. And I've actually formed so many real friendships with people in my group. So people who nor- not normally are getting out and making face-to-face interactions with people are able to say they have friends in this community now. And it's so great.
0: That's awesome. Sarah, I really admire you. Um, and it's been really cool to see you kind of skyrocket from like, hey, misconnection on wax to sort of a, I don't know, a charitable giving clearing house, a so one person clearinghouse for that. So that's that's pretty awesome. and and I forgot to mention that my own personal connection to you is you tagged me in one of your posts on on wax and uh, it was a really funny post that was had some like, um, mildly sexual content to it, and uh, I was like, I, I, my response was, I'm both honored and a little freaked out. To
1: be <laughs> yeah,
0: uncomfortable to be included <laughs> in this post, and then
1: you know, we were column buddies over yes. at Ash Vegas. So, um, uh, about 11 days after my first piece, Jason Sanford asked me to do a trial run of three months, and he gave me uh, three months of. Freedom to post whatever I wanted. And so I got four articles out in two in uh, the three month period. And um, that's no longer a thing. Uh, I don't write at Ash Vegas anymore, but I certainly appreciate Jason for the opportunity to write big time.
0: Well, Jason literally gave me my start. I was writing just reviews on Facebook for my friends. And I sent them to Jason, who I already knew, and he started to publish my food reviews. That was nine years ago. So I I wow. I had direct, I owe Jason a direct um, debt of gratitude for publishing my stuff. It sounds like he gave you a similar lift up in the community. Like, here's somebody who's kind of unknown to, boom, here you are on Las Vegas, where 8,000 people might potentially see your article.
1: Correct. So thank you so much, Jason, for that opportunity. I cannot be more grateful.
0: Indeed. And now, Sarah, I want to shift gears a little bit and let's just talk strictly about food. We're going to do two things. First, I want to tell you you to tell me about your current one of your current favorite restaurants other than La Roomba. And you and I are going to be the first. You're my first test subject to do food trivia for Mm Mana Food Bank. And I'll explain the rules of that a little bit later. But first of all, shout out one of your favorite restaurants here in town.
1: I love nine mile nine mile. Yep. I love the um, downtown Asheville, the Montford location. I love the um, the Biltmore Park Town Square location. That's closer to me. And so I definitely frequent that often. It's good for takeout. It's good for sit down. It's good for date nights. The spice is amazing. I love it.
0: All right. Good for date night. You hear, heard it here from the Waxlorette, Uh, And I don't know if there's anybody more qualified to pick date night restaurants. And Nine Mile, of course, is a long time Asheville favorite. I don't know how many years I've been in existence. 14, 15 more. I have no clue. Um, I don't either. How long have you lived here in Asheville?
1: I've lived here 10 years.
0: 10 years. OK. Yes, yeah. I've
1: been That's... going quite a lot to Nine Mile.
0: Yeah, that's there's a lot of nine mile to be packed into 10 years. Yes. Um And what's your favorite dish at nine mile? What do you what do you recommend?
1: Uh, cool Runnings. I love the Jamaican Me Crazy. I, I definitely try to pick something different every time, honestly. All right. Because I'm so uh, normally I'm the person that goes in and orders the same dish every single time and I'm trying to do that at La Rumba too. I'm trying to pick different things, Ray's always changing up the menu. So that that's my goal here is to diversify my uh, culinary palate.
0: So your recommendation would be the menu.
1: The menu. The, the menu. menu. Okay, pick anything. If you have if you're vegetarian, you can pick tofu options. Uh, I they definitely can serve all gluten free menu. Mm -hmm. They they definitely can um, satisfy any of your weird culinary um, needs
0: let's just say that nine mile a little bit of a hippie (laughs) restaurant Yes. hippies are on the cutting edge of dietary restrictions as we all know so your hippie restaurants are going to be a little bit more accommodating than your average restaurant so nine mile a great bet for anybody who has restrictions or is has people in their uh friend or family pod that have restrictions because you can all get something there
2: yes all right
0: and now sarah are you ready to do music trivia Music. Mean, uh, food trivia. I don't know <laughs> music. I reverted to a past life when I used to be a DJ. Um, are you ready to do food trivia? Yes, I am ready to do food trivia. Okay. Well, here's how food trivia works. I'm going to ask you five questions, and there's a hundred dollars on the line, and the hundred dollars goes to Mana Food Bank, my personal favorite charity that I've been working with since I started writing food about food, and for every question that you get wrong or let me back up every question you get right let's start on a positive note every question you get right I am going to personally donate $20 to Mana food bank for every question you get wrong you've agreed to donate $20 to Mana food bank so there's 100 bucks on the line one way or another man is getting a hundy out of us uh and I'm just gonna tear into it are you ready for your first question I am ready All right, this is actually a two-part question, so let's say uh, $10 per part. Okay. Um, Who invented the turducken, and what is it?
1: I have no idea who invented it, but it is uh, a turkey with a duck and a chicken stuffed inside of it.
0: All right, we'll give you one point for uh guessing what it is, and we'll give me one point for stumping you on who made it. It was invented by Chef Paul Prudholm. You might oh, remember yeah. Chef Paul, large gentleman who liked to stuff animals inside of other animals. Um, huh. all right, well, you're doing okay so far. 50-50. This one's a little tougher. It's uh you you please name you you have eight guesses to name as many of the five dishes recognized as the national dish of England. You have eight guesses to try to guess all five and $5 per guess on the line.
1: Oh,
0: the five stew. national dishes of England.
1: Stew. Uh I am going to say uh, fish and chips. Correct. Beef Wellington. Correct. No. Um, Let's see here, Lamb. Eh. Okay, I am stumped.
0: You're doing great so far.
1: Uh, I would say not a clue, Stu.
0: Not a clue. I, Are you going to pass on your second two guesses?
1: I am going guesses? to pass, and I will I will put the money towards man. You're going
0: to pony up. Okay. Well, you did real I am. good i thought you got fish and chips that's a no-brainer you said beef wellington i accepted that roast beef or roast beef dinner would have also been acceptable yorkshire pudding was one of them
1: never would have guessed that
0: and then bangers and mash
1: oh yeah i've heard of that
0: and then here's the kicker this one's weird chicken tikka masala
1: how would that be from england
0: they they stole it from India. They brought it to England. They added a bunch of heavy cream and sugar to it, and it's now the most popular dish in England.
1: I'm, I'm going to call India right now. <laughs> Tell them they need their dishes back. Yes.
0: Uh, yeah. uh, and my my sources for that info were TasteEssence.com and WorldAtlas.com, which list the national dishes of countries all over the world. All right. All right, Sarah. The, these are tough. I, I'm sorry. These are tough. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. Within three years, or let's make it a little easier, within five years, when was salted caramel invented?
1: Within the last five years?
0: Within five, like, it, it was invented. Oh, well, I got you. What year? You've got a five-year grace period in either direction.
1: Became popular maybe 1993.
0: Three. Ooh, Well, that was a bold guess. It's not quite that new. It was essentially in, invented in 1977 by a <laughs> French pastry chef named Henri LaRue, and uh, he uh, more or less invented it by using salted butter to make his caramels.
1: Nice. Yeah. I would have never thought that it went back that old. I'm almost that old. I'm actually older than that. I was born in 76. So, okay. Wow. <laughs> well, One year older. I should know this. That's my absolute favorite flavor of anything cheesecake, caramels, whatever. Salty caramel is my jam, but apparently, I, my history of it, my knowledge of it, not so good.
0: Well, I love how bold you were with your guess because I expected, I almost expected you to be like 1893. Uh, I don't know. Um, okay. One, uh, two more questions. All right. Uh, this one is multiple choice, so a little bit easier. Okay. In 1948, several kernels of popcorn were discovered in a bat cave in New Mexico. They have since been carbon dated. These are the oldest kernels of popcorn in the world. How old are they? Are they 5,600 years old, 10,500 years old, or 1 million years old? A, B, or C? I'm
1: going to say C.
0: C, 1 million-year-old popcorn. Sarah, the oldest pieces of popcorn ever discovered are 5,600 years old. Oh, man,
1: I was going to go one way or the other.
0: Well, a million-year-old popcorn, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, would um,
1: be pretty good.
0: And just as a little piece of trivia, these days, the top-selling brand of popcorn in the United States is Pop Secret, and they had $169.5 million in sales in 2022, so from a few kernels in a bat cave to $169.5 million in sales. That's capitalism for you right there.
1: That is capitalism for sure.
0: Okay, one last question, and then we're running out of time, so I'll say goodbye when we're done. Uh, oh, let me mark down. That's another $10 for you, Sarah. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, last question. Is there any corn in candy corn? A Halloween-themed question for you. Is there any corn in candy corn?
1: Corn syrup.
0: Boom, you got it. Correct. Woo-hoo. There you go. All right, that was How awesome. Oh. Well, it looks like you're gonna end up, uh, let's see, it's easier to figure out what I owe. I owe $30, you owe $70.
1: Awesome, I couldn't think of a better cause to give my $70 to the Manifu Bank. Thank you, Stu.
0: Well, you're real game to play this with me, Sarah. I love it that you did it. I'm sorry the questions were so hard. Um, maybe this is a lesson to make them a little easier. Um, but you know, since I'm going to be putting my money on the line with every person, I need to make sure I don't uh, make it too easy for everyone.
1: Right. You don't know. It is 9am and it is early for me. So, uh, not a lot of thinking going on. So I have no regrets. Thank you so much. And I love supporting Man of Food Bank. I will and- give them $70 today
0: cool and sarah you did you did great you got the first question right you got the last question right you got a couple in the middle right you you made some bold answers with salted caramel being recent and current popcorn being made by the dinosaurs (laughs) but that's okay
1: yes all right well thank you Stu. i appreciate you and i hope you have a great day
0: you too sarah have a wonderful day and thanks again all right bye Hey everybody, it's me, Stu am the food fan, and I am about to leave food fan headquarters and go hang out with my good friends, Lucho from multi, Asheville Multicultural and Chef Patty from Papusa Via Patty, and our other good friend, friend, James Sutherland, who is the owner of Blue Dream Curry House, but today James is going to be our cameraman. He has professional skills as a uh, videographer. And so we are going to record a fun little thing that Lucho is working on. I'm just kind of teasing it right now. This is actually his project. And it's going to be me and Lucho and Patty eating, making and eating pupusas. So I am actually going to be making some pupusas with Patty. I tried to uh, arrange so that I could just eat them and not have to make them. But that is not going to be the case. Anyways, I'll check in once we're all together at Patty's and um, just give you a little rundown on what's going on, and hopefully Lucho will have a video available for y'all to watch shortly afterward. All right, I'll check in soon. Bye. All right, everybody. I am here at Papusaria Patty with Chef Patty and Lucho and James and... Patty's staff and a bunch of customers, and we're in the tiny little kitchen, and we're about to make pupusas. <laughs> it's gonna be pure madness is what I feel like. We'll see how this goes. And again, this is all for a video that Lucho's gonna release on ashvillemulticultural.com, so look out for that. And I'll check in with you guys before, during, or after the pupusa making, I'm not sure. And
2: this is
0: pupusa story. Pupusa story, all right. All right, y'all, I'm still here at Papusaria Patty, and we just made a bunch of pupusas. Uh, I hand-formed them out of masa, put some cheese and some chicharron and some chicken inside, and they're frying up on the griddle right now, and uh, we're going to eat them. And so I get to try my own papusas, and we'll see how good they are. Uh, Patty also made some, so if ours are not that great, we'll eat The ones that Patty made. But they all have the same ingredients, so they're going to taste the same no matter what. All right, folks. I'm excited to try these pupusas. All right, folks. We are done eating the pupusas, and they were delicious. My pupusas came out great. I have a feeling that Patty kind of helped them along a little bit. Uh, Luis's pupusas came out great, too. He made one that was really huge, though, so that was little undercooked in the middle. Sorry, Louise. I think that I win at Pupusa Making. And we were also joined today by one of Lucho's friends uh, named Tony. And Tony's an uh, influencer and he works in the beer industry here and he's got a great Instagram presence. You can look up Tony at TonyJ.TJ on Instagram. And of course, look up Lucho on Asheville Multicultural.com. Find my good friend james's restaurant at bluedreamcurryhouse.com and follow me at stewhillfoodfan.com and my other social media and look for lucho's video about this experience we came into Papoosaria patty we got behind the counter in the kitchen we made pupusas we sat down we ate them it was a wonderful experience all right folks i'll check in with you again real soon bye Hey everybody it's me Stu Helm the food fan here at food fan headquarters with my friend and co-owner along with his wife of the pizza daddy food truck we have Ethan Bonnell and I, I guess it's more of a food trailer is that what you would say Ethan Food trailer yeah
2: I usually say food truck and then put the caveat in there we're a little bit different yeah. yeah
0: it's a basically a big giant pizza oven that you pull behind your truck or van or what have you. And the pizza oven itself is quite remarkable. So why don't we just do some proper intros and why don't you tell us about Pizza Daddy?
2: Sure. Yeah. So uh, last May we shipped over um, an Italian brick oven from Modena and then we had a company mounted on top of a pull-behind trailer up in New York City and and drive it down to us. Um, So yeah, we do classic Neapolitan-style pizza wood fired in a thousand degree roughly oven depending on where you you know spot the temperature in there but yeah um so does we do classic um you know margaritas and then a few other fun things you know pepperoni like it's like having a caesar salad on the menu everyone loves it
0: yeah um, the, your and then we it's very good
2: yeah and then, and then we uh, so we do everything from farmers markets to office parties to weddings rehearsal dinners, things like that, uh, retirement parties. Um, and it's, uh, it's a, it's a fun setup because really all we need is just a, a driveway and a way to get in there. And then we're totally self-sufficient as far as power goes. It's just fire, wood fire and that's about it. it
0: doesn't uh, have any electric hookup at all.
2: We don't. Yeah. So if, if we need to run a, you know, a register or a, a POS system, we just bring a car battery with a little inverter and that's about okay. it.
0: That's, that's so cool. Life. Um, so let me get this straight. The pizza oven did not come mounted on the trailer. It wasn't like a portable pizza oven when you bought it.
2: <laughs> true. Yeah, true. Okay. So that, so we're the company that we used was called Forza Forni. Uh, I think it's now called Fiero Group. But uh, anyways, there's a there's a company in um, Italy called Favesi and they make the ovens. It's the only oven that I've seen with a single piece of cook floor. Like it's one giant uh, central stone it's not bricks like you'd see in in many places but um, they shipped all that over to new york the company put it all together mounted it on a trailer and then brought it down to us so
0: that's pretty cool man yeah um so i don't want to beat a dead horse but this um pizza oven is intended to be inside of a building and you innovated or is it intended to be mounted or intended for whatever
2: yes so they're more or less uh, this it's very similar to what you'd see inside of a, a restaurant. The only difference is it's a little bit smaller because they're heavy as you okay. couldn't believe. Um, so if it was a little bit bigger, it'd be pretty heavy to pull, pull behind a truck. Um, right. but the technology is just about the same. Um, it's got a little bit of, um, weather on it, you know, stay with, stay out with the, the elements if we needed to, Right. Um, but more or less it's, it's, uh, the real deal you'd see inside of any, any restaurant in Italy.
0: That's so cool. I didn't realize that. I thought it was a a trailer unit that you purchased all already made, but you put it together. And um, you you guys are new slash not new. You've been around a long time, long enough that you have a following. And uh, people are very interested in where you're serving your pizza. I know it's really popular. And you just listed some of the places that you do show up farmers markets, etc. But I'm personally curious, and I'm sure everybody else is, where are we going to be able
2: to get your pizza all winter long during the cold part of the year? Okay, so we've got some, we've got some sad news and we've got some really exciting news. Okay. Okay. So uh, a couple of months back, the commissary we were using, who are great, really awesome, um, never had any problems with them. Um, they ended up going out of business. Mm. Um, so we've been scrambling for a little bit to find the right fit for our, for our commerce commissary. So we're not trying to, you know, settle and, and make sure we find the right um you know relationship with the with the owners there so we're still looking for that okay um however on i can't talk about it too much but on the near horizon we're exploring a few ideas that uh um would be a little bit innovative here in Asheville. but I, i'm gonna leave it just that okay. <laughs> just that day um but but there's a good chance you'll see a lot more pizza daddy uh, starting next year
0: oh my gosh that's the quote from the interview there's a good chance you're going to see a lot more pizza daddy in the next year so you heard it here on my show first here folks the pizza daddy scoop
2: yeah take that with how you will yeah
0: okay so what I'm what I'm interpreting is that because of the commissary issue they're going to be a hiatus in pizza daddy pizza for the people so we'll just have to get used to
2: that True. Well, what is that that and a couple other things so we've got a we've actually got another child on the way in January so we're kind of we're kind of retreating and regrouping for that. So it'll be a uh, be our second, so we're getting ready for that. And we're actually starting a farm up in Burnsville too. Um, really, beginning of next year. So a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, I'll say. Oh man,
0: two kids, a pizza business, and a farm. All right, this might be the last chance we have to talk. Yeah, oh, yeah, for a little it'll bit. Be too be. busy for the next eighteen years, I can tell. <laughs> okay <No> kidding. Um, <laughs> well. Um, I'm excited to hear the exciting news when you're yes, uh, ready to release that. So please uh, let let every let me know and I'll let everybody know. Sure. And Ethan, you are here not just to talk about your business and pizza, but also to play a little bit of food trivia for Mana Food Bank. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, I can't I, I gotta say, I can't believe I keep talking people into this. Y'all are so yeah. Fun and game to do things, and generous, because we play for money, and this yes. money is for Mana Food Bank, one of the greatest nonprofits in the country, in my opinion, we have a high rate of hunger and food insecurity here in Western sure. North Carolina, even though we have such an amazing farm and food scene. sure. um, and Mana fills in those gaps in an amazing way. And I always say you get a lot of bang for your buck with Mana because for every dollar. That we send to Mana, they can provide four meals to people in need. So, oh. it's a fantastic organization. And Ethan, you and I are putting twenty five dollars on the line right now. Do it.
2: Let's do it.
0: Food trivia for Mana. All right, all month I am doing food trivia that also relates to the month of October. uh So it's either Halloweeny or just gory or has something to do with October. Okay. And for you, Ethan, I have a bunch of questions that are more or less about class classic monsters and classic monster memes okay food relating to them all right are you ready all right let's do it all right first question the famous witches' brew recipe in shakespeare's macbeth calls for eye of newt toe of frog wool of bat and tongue of dog among other ingredients we now know that these items are not for the most part to be taken literally And in fact, eye of newt was a common name for mustard seed. And toe of frog is just a buttercup. With that in mind, what does tongue of dog refer to? And it's multiple choice. I have four choices for you. It It is either A, the flowering part of the dog's tongue plant, sometimes referred to as hound's tongue or hound's tooth, the leaves of the wolf's bane plant, the most toxic plant that can be found in the UK, the berries of the Rosa canina plant, or dog rose, which have a high vitamin C content and are now used to prevent flu, colds, and vitamin C deficiency. Or the root of the bulldog daffodil, which is in a which is a hallucinogenic and has been credited for the quote-unquote night flights of medieval witches. The dog's tongue plant, the wolf's mane plant, the Rosa canina, or the bulldog daffodil, which does the dog tongue referred to in the witch's recipe i'm gonna say b b the leaves of the wolfsbane plant i'm sorry chef ethan you are incorrect that is not right but i'm glad you chose it because i did a lot of research to find plants that sound Goodness,
2: yeah that, that was impressive yeah
0: okay so all of those are real except for the last one i made up the bulldog daffodil but the one you were looking for was the most obvious. It was the flowering part of the dog's tongue plant, sometimes Yay. called the hound's tongue or the hound's tooth. All right. That's five dollars from you. Fine. Okay, I, sh- I should let everybody know when when Ethan gets one right, I will pay five dollars to Manna. And when he gets one wrong, he's going to have to pony up. All right, chef. We're moving on to the next one. And first of all, is it proper for me to call you chef? The other day I called somebody chef and he was like, I'm not a chef. I'm a cook.
2: Uh, He called me. I'd I'd answer by either.
0: All right. Because I I like to call people chef. Yeah. Um, All right. Here we go. Along with gold, art, jewelry, and weapons, this food was considered valuable enough by ancient Egyptians to be stashed in King Tut's golden tomb. And it was still edible. After 3000 years, honey, What, honey, he gets one right, folks. He gets it right. Honey has an incredible shelf life. 3000 years. That's a pretty long shelf life. Not bad. Very, very stable. So, yeah, that's a, that's great. All right. You're one for one. All right. Next, I'm going to read a short quote from the first page of a famous horror novel. And you guess which novel. All right. Here's the quote. I had for dinner, or rather supper, a chicken done up in some way with red pepper, which was very good. So a simple sentence about a good chicken on the very first page of a famous horror novel. (sighs)
2: Stuck between two. Um, I have to say Frankenstein.
0: (laughs) That was a good guess. It was the other one, Bram Stoker's Dracula. On uh, the very first page, he is quite impressed with a chicken paprika because he's in Carpathia or someplace like good that. Man. All right. So you're, you're down $10. Let's um, go to question number three. I try not to make this too painful, right? Like, no, 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 no. I like you A 1000 bucks on the line. Um, all right. Oh, question number four. This is an easy one. What is a ghost kitchen? A ghost kitchen. Yes. What is a ghost
2: kitchen? Ghost kitchen. Is that like a, like a servant's kitchen in a, in a mansion? Is that your guess? Yes. That
0: is incorrect. I am sorry, chef. Ghost kitchens are a relatively new phenomenon. And they are also known as dark kitchens and they are simply commercial kitchens optimized for food delivery only. The kitchen, ah. the kitchen themselves don't have a storefront or a front of the house staff just an online presence and a kitchen sweet. Okay. It was touted as the wave of the future a couple of years back. I'm not sure if the future is going <laughs> in that direction
2: or not. Who knows what the future is. is it? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So you're, you're two for two and we have the final question for you here. Okay. In the book, was Frankenstein's monster, a vegetarian? I'm going to say yes. You are correct. You got it right, Jeff. You're, you did better than you did worse. You got three out of five. And yes, Frankenstein's monster claims he is vegetarian by choice. And the quote is, I do not destroy the lamb or the kid to glut my appetite. Acorns and berries afford me sufficient nourishment. Beautiful. Yeah. But of course, the monster in the novel is quite eloquent and is in some ways is more civilized than his creator.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all right. Well, you did great. I would say you you I think you've done better than any guest I've had so far, except for maybe Kara from Mood Bank, but uh, from mm. uh, Mano Food
2: Bank herself. Ah, home field advantage. Yeah,
0: she did have a little bit of advantage. Well, you soaked me for $15, chef, and you <laughs> owe 10 to yeah. the uh, fundraiser. And that's happening on my Facebook page. Anybody can donate. And if you just go to my Facebook page, you will find a link to my food bank uh, okay. fundraiser. And chef, let's see, you, you owe 10 bucks, 10 times four. That's 40 meals. You have, you will provide for families here in Western North Carolina. Beautiful. And chef, is there anything you'd like to say about pizza daddy or anything else before I cut you loose?
2: No, just stay tuned. We're looking forward to being back out there with you guys. We'll see you soon.
0: Stay tuned. New baby on the way, mysterious future happenings and a farm coming. All right. Chef Ethan from Pizza Daddy. Thank you for coming on, talking about your business, assuring us that there will be more pizza in the future. <laughs> yes, and indeed. And playing for mana. Thank you, brother. Have All you right. Guys. Take care, Steve. Bye-bye. Oh. Uh, Everybody, and that was the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to my guests for being on. Thanks for Lucho for driving me around and taking me places and eating with me. And thank you for listening to the show. And thank you for any support that you can give to Mana Food Bank or WPVM 103.7 FM, which is a non profit radio station, and they are entering their fundraising period as well. So Try to be as generous as you can. I try to be during the season. I'm not rich. I know that not everybody listening to this show can afford to give, uh, but if you can, please do. All right. Thanks again for listening and follow me on social media, Stu Helm, the food fan on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Substack. And um, please, if you eat something that you really like and you want to talk to me about it, Leave me a comment on any of those social media platforms. If you're in the food business, drop me a note. I'd love to have you on the show. All right, folks, have a great day. This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.